Welcome in to Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. I've got you for the next hour or so as we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball. And uh, for the first time in a while, remember when they first got into first place, Ashton, and I was calling it First Place Brewers Weekly? And that lasted like a couple weeks, and then they'd been in first place for a while, and the uh, the novelty had kind of worn off. Well, for the first time in about two months, it's not First Place Brewers Weekly, and I'm not going to call it Second Place Brewers Weekly. So we're back to just Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. Not that I'd really been calling it the other thing. Anyways, my name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join the program, you can do so. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is available, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. You can also uh, tweet at me if you would like, at Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio, and uh, I'll be monitoring the Twitter account here uh, fairly soon. We have a fun program today. We're going to get into, we're really going to focus in on two things. And it's the two things that you've probably been thinking about in terms of the Brewers. Thing number one. It's like a Dr. Seuss thing. Thing number one. What are, what are they going to do with the trade deadline? This is our last show that we will do before the trade deadline. What's it going to look like? So we'll, we'll get into that. In fact, Chris Cotillo is going to join us in about ten minutes. He is a uh, MLB insider. Uh, SB Nation contributor, and we'll talk with him uh, here in just a little while. Regular uh, friend of the program. Are you good with that? He's been on enough. I think he uh, does. He have friend of the program status. Okay, Ashton's shaking his head up and down. So friend of the program, Chris Catillo, will uh, join us here in just a little while, and um, we'll talk just about this team and whether or not this road trip they just got done with, where they win two games, go through three cities play in 10 games, and they play two, uh, whether this is kind of the beginning of the end for the Brewers. Now, let me say this before I say anything else, because I I try to be a positive guy. In fact, I caught myself being a little bit negative. Uh, Last night, I sent out a tweet, and I got angry at myself, actually, because Jared Hughes was really struggling last night, and everybody was trying to figure out what in the world was going to be the roster move for uh, for Swarzak coming up. And I sent out a stupid tweet basically saying Jared Hughes has an option left. I should never sent that tweet. That was a that was a very dumb tweet because Jared Hughes had just pitched nine or ten scoreless outings before last night. Now did he blow up last night? He did, but I, I found myself getting kind of negative. And I, I'm trying to I'm trying to reconfigure because this, and and you know what, I just wrote a blog the other day like telling Brewers fans, hey, stay positive, enjoy the ride, yada, 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 and then I found myself getting a little negative. And it's okay to be negative about these games. Like, that was a bummer of a loss last night. That was a tough one to to experience today where they, you know, the the Washington Nationals are still hitting home runs off the Brewers and the Brewers have have returned to, uh, to Milwaukee. Bad joke. Uh, but that was that was a bad one today. So I, I'm I'm looking at this team and I'm looking at the positives. There's a lot of them. They are still they still have a record better than anybody expected them to. They're still in the neighborhood of first place in the division. Yeah, the Cubs have caught them. And I have baseball is a long season. It's a 162 game season. 
and every single team in baseball goes through a period where they have a bad road trip or a bad homestand, a bad couple weeks. Now, did this time period of bad last a little bit longer than you would have liked? A little bit longer than you would be comfortable with? Absolutely. But if we take a step back for a moment, right now, all we can say is this Brewers team just had a really, really bad road trip. And a lot of teams have bad road trips. And oh yeah, by the way, going through a three-city road trip, that's tough. That is tough on you. I need somebody to do some uh, some investigation for me and see teams on three-city road trips over the last few years, what their overall record is. That would be really tough to come up with. Ashton's not going to do it. Let's call up the Elias Sports Bureau, see if they can do that for me. I, I would just bet it's not especially good. These long road trips are tough. And you're waking up in different hotels. You're on flights. I know they I know they travel well. They stay in nice hotels. They're on, on they're on nice airplanes. I get all that, but it still wears on you. It wears on the body. So, for now, I'll sit here and say it's a bad road trip. That's what they've had. They've had a bad road trip. And the great thing about the bad road trip is who they're playing coming off the road trip, because they are getting set. For a three-game weekend series against the Chicago Cubs, the team that has just passed them in the standings. And you've got an opportunity to completely right the ship with a good performance against the Cubs coming up this weekend. So I'm not saying I'm not I'm not sitting here saying, okay, this this doesn't mean anything, this road trip, it's an anomaly. What I'm saying is the jury's still out. Let's wait and see what's gonna happen. Let's let them play out the next week or so. And I think when I'm sitting here next Thursday, I think I'm going to have a better grasp on this team, whether or not what we saw on the road trip was a was, was the start of a trend that's going to last through the rest of the season, or if it was just a speed bump. So I think I even said last week, uh, because you know last week at this time they'd, they'd lost some games and things weren't going well, and I said give it a little bit more time. I'm doing it again. Give it a little bit more time. Get through this weekend series against the Cubs. See what they do then against St. Louis, who's playing some pretty good baseball right now. And then reassess, and we'll look at things there. Uh, Chris Cotillo is going to join us next. We'll get his take on what the Brewers are going to do at the trade deadline. That is coming up on Monday. If you want to join us, we'll have some time for some phone calls in just a little while. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line available at 414-799-1620. We're back with Chris Cotillo next on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Brewers coming off a rough, rough, rough road trip where they only win a couple games, and it ended with a thud today when they lost in D.C. to the Nationals. 15-2. While all of that is going on, there's still a lot of rumblings going on about uh, about who they're going to make moves for and if they're going to make moves and to get uh, all the information on what we might see from uh, the Brewers between now and Monday. We're going to uh, welcome on an MLB insider for SB Nation. He's also uh, the site manager over at MLB Daily Dish. It's our friend Chris Cotillo. Chris, thanks for taking some time in what's a very, very busy week for you. How are you doing? I'm good. It's uh, it's going to be caffeine time in here about in about an hour, and then uh, hopefully 
Well, it's been like a uh, midnight or a 1 a.m. trade like every night so far this week, so hopefully not any of that tonight. Is it just me, or has the flurry of trades uh, started a little bit sooner this year than in years past? It's definitely a little bit more. You know, I think we've seen just that Quintana deal came uh, really, really quick, and right after the All-Star break, similar to the Pomeranz deal we saw last year, but... You know, it's it's been kind of a, a slow drip. You know, there's not been that many big names. I think if you ask the average baseball fan if, if they knew a lot of these names, they'd say no. J.D. Martinez, Quintana, maybe Todd Frazier, Duda today. Um, but it's just a lot of relievers, which, which aren't the biggest moves ever. Really impactful ones, but not, you know, in terms of headlines. And then just the, the never-ending rumors on Gray and Darvish and Verlander and those kind of guys. There's just no real strong offense available right now. I think J.D. Martinez might be the best position player we'll see moved, period. Uh, the relievers, it's not the names like Chapman and Miller, but yeah, it's, it's quantity, but not necessarily quality until we see maybe Gray and Darvis move this weekend. Well, the Brewers have been linked to all three of those starters that you just mentioned. What are your expectations in terms of what the Brewers might do between now and Monday? Yeah, that's that's really, I'm sure, the billion-dollar question for you, but it's a million-dollar question for, for the national scene. I think, you know, it's it's early on they looked like they were going to be uh, really in on a, a bunch of things, and they were aggressive on Gray and aggressive on uh, all these guys. And I wrote the other day that I really think that they should stand pat and hold their prospects. Historically, you know, I'm the kind of guy that says, go for it, but I just look at this specific situation and say I really don't like it. You know, the Swarzak deal is one you can make. It's a good upgrade, a guy that probably not a lot of people have heard about, obviously, and you don't have to give up much for him. Just Cordell has only been in the organization for a little while. But giving up a ton for Gray uh, makes makes a little bit of sense to me, but but I think they're going to get outbid uh, by the Dodgers or the Yankees for those guys. Those teams are really motivated. They have a ton of money. They will have financial flexibility in the future to go sign big free agents. They're in a very different place, and, and I think you know they, they're really going to do that. If I'm the Brewers, I, you know, all the projections, is as tough as this is to hear, all the projections have them around 500, maybe third or fourth in the division. St. Louis has, has been up and down, but on a little streak right now. Pittsburgh obviously went on that streak. And the division's, in my mind, probably the most wide open in all of baseball. Uh, so it's really tough for me to to endorse them making a big move, but I'm sure they're all, they are looking at all the options. And, and if the price gets too big, I think, you know, that's, that's probably going to dissuade them. I think it already has on the gray thing. The the slump for this team, because they just go on a 10-game road trip where they only win two games, the slump comes at the worst possible time because you don't want to judge you know, a team on 10 games of a 162-game schedule, but you're sitting here if you're David Stearns trying to make decisions on if you're going to go all in or not. How much does the way the team has played for the last week and a half maybe impact uh, moves that may are made or are not made going into Monday? You know, it's it's really tough to, to pick out the games on the course of a 162-game season that end up being the most important. You know, a lot of people say, it's important to get off to a good start. A lot of people say, obviously, September is extremely important. I think, you know, the stretch out between the All-Star game and the trade deadline for those middle-of-the-pack teams that aren't guaranteed in the playoffs and they're not out of it are really the most important games. We've seen what the Royals have done lately. All of a sudden, they're buyers. We thought they, we all thought they'd be selling. They're buyers. They went out and got Trevor Cahill and some relievers. They're going to be probably, you know, at this point, probably getting Francisco Liriano, but not confirmed, and and a couple other pieces. So. You know, a couple of years ago, I always look at this. The Tigers went 
had about a week in 2015. They, had, they said in the, over the next week it's going to decide what we're going to do with this team. And that week they trade David Price and Cespedes, get back Fulmer, and fire Dombrowski. Like if they had performed <laughs> well in that one random week in July, then probably the whole you know fortune of that organization would have been changed. It would have changed the future of the Red Sox. So they might not have gotten Dombrowski. Just a lot of really crazy stuff like that um, can happen. So yeah, it is a bad time for that to happen to go two and eight in your last ten, especially when. You know, you've been a really good team all season and and have a lot of hope for a big move. So I think it's making them pump the brakes just a little bit on making that huge impact splash, and we've seen that uh, at least in, in the last couple of days where the reports have seemed like they're less aggressive. We're talking with Chris Cotillo. He's an MLB uh, insider for SB Nation. If you're not all in on, on a Sonny Gray or those top-level guys that are available, especially with the Brewers, the payroll as low as it is, you can probably pick up a guy that's kind of akin to what you would get now in the month of August if you're willing to pick up the salary of somebody who's overpaid, right? Yeah, obviously, I don't think Gray or Darvish would be available there, but I think Verlander could be, uh, probably will be. Um, if he's not traded, then he's probably a guy who's going to pass through waivers. It's just, it's a very, you know, top heavy market in terms of trade. So, really, the big four, I guess, if you count Quintana when he was available, Quintana, Gray, Verlander, and Darvish. Uh, the fifth guy is probably Lance Lynn in my mind. And then there's that massive drop-off where the sixth guy was probably Jaime Garcia, who we saw move already to the Twins, could move again now that they're looking at selling. But you have guys like Garcia, Trevor Cahill, Liriano, Marco Estrada. These guys have performed really badly who are the guys that could move. And so it's just, you know, you're going to have to probably either overpay for someone good or pay a price you're, you're willing to pay for someone who's not going to be that good. So that, that's really a tough place to be. You know, the relief market is oversaturated where you can get an all-star like Pat Neshek last night for not that much. You can get a guy like Swarzak for not that much. The starting pitching market doesn't work that way, and, and that is really detrimental to all the buyers who are really looking for those moves. And as someone who's right in the middle of this, like there's been some names that connected to the Brewers, whether it's Curtis Granderson today, Rosenthal reports that, uh, Ian Kinsler, even Verlander. Like There's names out there that just don't really fit. They don't make sense from a common-sense level. How, When you're going through that reporting process and hearing things, how do you kind of discern what's real, what's not real, and, and things like that? That's a great question. I think uh, I, I personally, you know, just it's based on trust with the individual source for me, but, but I trust that guys like Ken Rosenthal and Jerry Krasnick and those guys are not, you know, specifically being played uh, on, on trying to, uh, you know, get those types of reports out from sources with a motive. You know, I think we've seen that in the last few days where, or in the last couple of weeks where, you know, the Brewers being in on Quintana might have pushed the price up for the Cubs the Red Sox supposedly being in on Todd Frazier pushes the price up for the Yankees potentially, and the Red Sox really weren't in on Frazier. Uh, even Bob Nightingale from USA Today, who's well-connected with the White Sox, admitted that in a tweet saying, you know, it's, it's, it, the Red Sox didn't really have interest in Frazier, but it didn't hurt that the Yankees thought they did. You know, that, that kind of games that go on in the media. So that makes you think as a reporter, like, am I being manipulated at all times? I think seeing the Brewers in on every player that's possibly available is pretty interesting to me. Um, it's it's probably just a, a sign of them checking in everywhere. Maybe they did check in on Granderson and Kinsler and Verlander, but that doesn't mean any of those things are especially likely. It actually helps running a website. You get hits when you're able to say, <laughs> oh, team connected to player 24 times a day uh, with a specific team, especially there's a lot of intrigue around the Brewers right now. Um, and I love when the Dodgers are linked to all those guys because – Big market, big fan base. They're starving for a World Series, and 
you know, the Dodgers have been linked to Darvish, Gray, and Verlander today as well. So that's a lot of a lot of good traffic usually. But it's uh, I, I like to really, you know, I I try to just report things that I think are have a good chance of actually happening. Um, but at the same time, those rumors also set a basis for you know this team pursued this player before he was dealt. This shows that they're looking for someone in that position and they could possibly do something a little bit down the line. So it's uh, it's the time of year where things are just flying everywhere, as you know, and uh, it's what makes it kind of fun. Last thing for you, how sure are you that Sonny Gray will get traded? And if it happens, what's your uh, leader in the clubhouse right now to get him? I'd say uh, 80% on him. I think it's just we're at a point where it's like almost at final offers. Um, I'd say 80% on him to give you a bonus answer, probably 50-50 on Gray still, and probably I think I still think 30% on Verlander. I think there's too many obstacles there to get a deal done. Gray is the big guy, I think, probably by the end of the weekend, and the Yankees are, are the clubhouse leader there. Uh, there's a lot of interesting clubs. The Brewers publicly fading probably doesn't bode well for their chances, honestly, but that connection uh, Gray has there is is an interesting one. The Braves, I feel like, if, if they want to make a package, they could do it. Same with the Astros, so... Teams could jump in late, but right now, if I had to guess, I'd say the Yankees. Follow Chris Cotillo on Twitter at Chris Cotillo, C-O-T-I-L-L-O. He is not going to get a single minute of sleep between now and Monday. It's going to be pretty incredible. Chris, thanks so much for your time. I'm sure we'll catch up again very soon. Three three to four hours is more like it. Thanks. Uh, you bet. There's Chris Cotillo joining us here on Brewers Weekly. 414-799-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We've got some phone calls uh, lining up. Thank you for being so patient. We'll get to your phone calls next. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolls on here on WTMJ. If you'd like to join the program, you can do so by giving us a call on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. Ken in West Bend is going to win the Merit Badge for Patience today. He's been hanging on for a while. Ken, thanks for hanging on. You're on WTMJ. Ken, are you there? Yes, I'm Ken from Homewood, Illinois. Okay, well, Ken, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, I was, was curious to see what Mr. Consul would say about Hader yesterday, and I guess you can't argue with him that he liked the matchup better. But if you want to play matchups, why don't you go back to the, the Pirate game when they had a runner, uh, the score was tied at 2-2, two to two. they had a left-handed pinch hitter coming up, and Hader was available, and would he use him for him and blow him away? No, I'm sure that was a better matchup than the right-hander who had him bloop one in the right for the end of the game. And Brian Brown was due up next in the 10th, but we never got to see it. I can, so hold on. I agree with you. I would have stuck with Josh Hader yesterday. I 100% agree with you. I I disagreed with the move from Craig Council to to go to Jared Hughes. Yeah, Uh, but I'm talking about the Pirates. Yeah, yeah, I I understand, Ken. I get to talk to you, you know. It's uh, it's, it's my show. Um, So... Uh, I don't. The game that you're referencing, I'd have to know if Josh Hader was available that game. They are really careful with how often they allow Hader to pitch because he's still transitioning to the bullpen, and they well, don't want him to pitch that often. So he's again, I the one man so far. That's all he pitched the other day. Okay, again, that doesn't matter. Did he? I'd have to go back and look at the game and see if he pitched the day before or yeah, two I, days I before. Couple, I don't I know. I have a couple other bright spots that they had. Brandon Kinsler, when he was with the Brewers, he was an automatic base hit with runners on. Now with Minnesota, he's got 27 saves already. 
Gene Segura couldn't hit his way out of a paper bag. He lowered his wrist down, and he's been hitting good for two years. Uh, Scooter Jeanette's got 18 homers now. Right now, he's better than any second baseman they have now, too. Okay, he wouldn't have done that with the Brewers, Ken. He just wouldn't have. He was a perfect change of scenery guy. I am more happy than anything for Scooter Jeanette. I love Scooter Jeanette. He was one of my favorite players to cover with the Brewers. Oh, what he's Milwaukee doing with the Reds today. Much, no, you're, Okay, oh, you're, hey, hey, Ken. Next time you call, learn how to listen to me talk and then answer. Thanks for calling. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Folks, I want to have a conversation. I'll talk, you talk. I'll talk, you talk. It's really simple. If It's the way we have phone calls like when you just pick up your cell phone. We don't have to talk all over each other. It's not the way things works. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly, roll it on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join the program, you can do so on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. The two topics on the table, really, uh, the Brewers, what they should do leading into Monday's trade deadline, and the other one is how concerned are you that what just happened over these last ten games I don't want to use the term the beginning of the end. That sounds so dooming. That's not even a word, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, it just sounds like it's... But but basically, that's what it is. Is this going to be the point where their run this year comes to an end? 414-799-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Dane is in Oshkosh. Dane, you're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for taking my phone call. You bet. I, I, the problem I have with the whole... Well, the question I have the whole Sonny Gray thing, and maybe you can correct me if I'm misinformed, I get he's going to be expensive. I get he's going to take a lot of prospects to get him. What I have read about the Brewers' farm system for years, I mean, we're going back to the Carlos Gomez trade, is that there's this logjam in outfield prospects we have in our minor leagues. And we know one of those guys that's going to make it is going to be Lewis Brinson. There's a really likely good chance that Corey Ray is going to be another one. You've got a lot of people competing for one right field spot. Wouldn't it make sense to use some of these prospects, these outfield prospects that we have too many of, to acquire someone like a Sunny Gray that you could use for, for half a season, a year, a year and a half? And then when you trade him, you could fill him in for other positions where we're not nearly as deep down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I think the one place that your your statement is a bit flawed is to go get Sonny Gray, you're going to have to give up Lewis Brinson, Corey Ray type material. Like with all due respect to all the other outfielders. I mean, Tristan Lutz is currently ranked as the number 8th eight player in the Brewers minor league system. Brett Phillips comes in at number 12, Trent Clark at number 13, Monte Harrison at number 14. You know, I'm just naming off a gaggle of uh, of outfield prospects who are really good prospects. Uh, but and I, if you could go get Sonny Gray for some package of those guys, if you could go get Sonny Gray for all four of those outfielders that I just mentioned, I'm okay doing it. I just think the the A's are expecting to get a Lewis Brinson, Corey Ray type guy, even a Luis Ortiz who's not an outfielder, he's a pitcher. I think those are the kind of guys they want, those elite top 100 in all of minor league baseball, not just uh, in your organization kind of guy. So I understand what you're saying. I think where the price tag is too much is not like the number of prospects you have to give up. It's that super elite prospect. Like I, Do you want to trade Lewis Brinson for Sonny Gray? 
No, I would not. Okay, I think that's the cost. Um, and well, I... That, that was essentially the cost for uh, Jose Quintana. If you go look at uh, who they gave away for Quintana, essentially the Brewers' equivalent of the Quintana deal would be Lewis Brinson and Luis Ortiz. Okay, well, well and fair enough. Let me ask this. Wouldn't this be a good time to cash in on those that log jam we have in outfield prospects? And if it's not a high-level guy like a Verlander or like a Gray, is there someone else on the trade box that you could have for Brett Phillips, yeah. or someone of, you know, a little bit of the second-tier caliber. Yeah, Dane, that's a good question, and I appreciate the phone call. I think the answer to that question is, what are your legit chances to win this year? Because the last thing you want to have happen is you, you, you trade away a bunch of prospects. Not Brinson, not Ray, not Ortiz, not Woodruff, not those guys. But the other guys I just mentioned, those, those prospects who are ranked between 5 and 15, uh, whether it's San Diaz or Tristan Lutz or Mauricio Dubon or Lucas Galucas, Ersig or Brett Phillips, any of those guys. That you, if, if you decide that this is the moment that you're going to go trade those guys and build up your, your major league team, and then you do that and you don't make it to the postseason this year, you've lost a bunch of trade chips for the future. You know, this Brewers team is ahead of schedule. And the the advanced metrics kind of say that this team is eventually going to come back. Now, I don't totally believe that. I think this team still has a lot left in them, and I think they're going to make a run. But the last thing you want is next year, when Lewis Brinson is into his first full year as the starting center fielder, and Brandon Woodruff is up, and Josh Hader's in your rotation, and you are just this stack team and you're thinking much bigger things than just making the postseason. You're talking about winning divisions, winning the pennant, getting the World Series, whatever it is, whether that's next year, whether it's two years, whenever it is. The last thing you want to have happened was you gave up a bunch of that surplus a year earlier to get a guy who's not really around, and you don't have the same amount of you know money that's commodities to to give back so that's where you get into a little bit of trouble do you do you send guys off this year when this time we don't know if this team's going to be a postseason team or maybe a year from now this team's obviously going to be a postseason team and the next thing is go add to make them a better candidate to win a world series and i don't know if that's next year i don't know if that's two years from now but you got to be really careful you know what that's why david stearns makes more money than me because he gets to make those kinds of decisions 414-799-1620 414-799-1620 that's the acunet mortgage talk and text line we can get to some more phone calls we'll take a break and have more in a moment on wtmj Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for spending a portion of your Thursday evening with us. If you want to join the program, you can do so on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. You can call, you can text, you can also tweet in if you would like, at Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio. We're talking about the trade deadline. It comes up on Monday. What do you want to see the Brewers do between now and then? Bob's in Germantown. He's giving us a call. Hey, Bob, you're on WTMJ. Good evening. Hi. Um, I'm turning in late. I just got off work. Um, maybe it's already been talked about. 
But kind of being a heretic here, what would the pros and cons be of doing nothing than just saying pat? Sure. Appreciate the phone. And I'm going to hang up and let you talk. Awesome. So the positives of standing pat is you don't lose any of your prospects who could help you in the future. The negatives is you don't improve your team right now. And look, I'm not trying to downplay your question. I mean, it's as simple as that. Uh, The other negative, I'll give you a negative, is maybe you're not rewarding a team that's overachieved for the first half of the season by supplementing their opportunity to make a run. But at the same sense, David Stearns and Craig Council and Matt Arnold and, and Mark Atanasio and all of them, they got to sit there and make the decision. Hey, if, do we really feel like we got a shot to do something special this year? And if there's any doubt on that, then there's got to be doubts about making moves because you don't want to hurt yourself for the future. If you stand pat, it's a move for the future. If you make a move, it's a move for now. And you either help yourself now or put yourself in better position for the future. So that's kind of the that's the idea right there. All right, let's go to let's see we got uh, Bill in Naperville, Illinois. Bill, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, last night with a score 2 to 2, I don't know who hit the ball down the right field line, but that's scored a runner and on a relay to the plate, BR held onto the ball which you know, he stumbled around third which Listen to the radios. They said if he had thrown the ball, they would have had him out. He, so let that me, Bill, been... Bill, hold on. Let me stop you. He didn't stumble around third. He fell flat on his face, was down on okay. the ground, stood up, and then got home. Yeah, well, he should have been out. Yes. I mean, I was watching the Cub game Sunday night. They had Adams on first with two outs. They hit a double to the left field wall. Schwerber picks the ball up, throws it by us. Baez throws at Contreras, and Adams is out 10 feet. I mean, I go to quite a few Brewer games, and I see a lot of fundamental errors and kind of like brain cramps. I mean, I go back to the Yankee game. I mean, I know they won the game with five errors, but a lot of times they make plays, and I'm not really sure they anticipate the play ahead of time. You know, just what I see. Yeah, Bill, and it's a good point by you, and I think specifically, you know, Jonathan VR was the guy yesterday who put the ball in his pocket when he should have thrown home. And unfortunately, Jonathan VR has been a guy who, when it comes to mental mistakes, he's probably made the most of anybody on the Brewers. That Yankees game with all those errors, Domingo Santana committed a couple out in right field, VR had one as well. It's still a young team, and you see young teams commit errors. You know, Orlando Arcia has a ton of errors, but he also... It makes incredible plays. I put I I call him a great defensive player. I'm not too worried about his errors. Those are going to shore up as he gets a little bit older. Jonathan VR. At some point, VR just is who he is, and the the mistakes he makes, uh, they're going to cost you. I remember having conversations last year with people when it just looked like VR was going to be an everyday guy of the future for this team. You're sitting there going, is this going to be a guy who's going to you know cost you a chance to win a really important game? At some point, and you know the fact that they're interested in, or at least reportedly interested in Kinsler from Detroit, that tells you that they're not all in on um, on on uh, on Jonathan VR. Uh, this team, last time I looked, this team led the National League in uh, in like I guess 
were last in the National League in fielding percentage. And I can check that really quickly uh, to confirm that they're still at that. I haven't checked that since they've been on this road trip, but I'm guessing nothing has changed. Yeah, they've got the worst uh, fielding percentage in baseball. Their 77 airs uh, is worst in the National League. So they need to be better defensively. There's no, there's no question about it. They need to be better defensively. Rickson Palmyra. Rick, you're on WTMJ. Yep, well, that's uh, kind of probably why they didn't resign VRs. Cause well, hold on. They they, they offered him a contract, a big but I mean, a but big, it was too low for what he wanted. Not It was about, Mar- like, I think Jonathan VR was completely dumb for not taking that deal. That deal was right. He's not, what they offered him, he can't go get now. Like, they were buying out his arbitration years, so he still would have had an opportunity to cash a big on the free agent market. He was betting that he was going to get more in arbitration over the next few years than what they offered him right there. I have no clue why he turned down that deal. That was a that was an all-time blunder as far as I'm concerned. It was like three years and $20 million. That was a, it was, that was a legit amount of money that they were offering VR. And on the backside of that, that's why you look at Braun and... Garza, who are your top-earning people, and they they've been injured. They it's like they they don't want to get traded, or is it the fact that they're really injured? You know, it you you it just makes you wonder how this how that system works when they're they're always on the DL and. They're the biggest contracts. Well, before this year, hey Rick, before this year, Braun had been on the DL like twice in his career. He's been one of the most healthy guys for this team. Now, when he's been on the DL previously, they've been long stints. This is the first year where he's kind of been on the DL for for shorter stints. But prior to this year, Braun has not been a guy that has spent much time on the disabled list. So, as far as this year, where the fact that they want to possibly make a move and trade them that would you uh hey would if you are are if you were the general manager of the angels would you trade away mike trout because he spent two months on the disabled list this year well i think that you would uh not okay but brian braun's not mike trout so ryan braun is still an elite hitter in baseball no he's not mike trout who is mike trout like bryce harper is pretty close to mike trout like who else is Mike Trout? Uh, he's the best player in baseball. Ron's been banged up this year. He was basically healthy last year. Uh, guys get hurt. Guys get injured. That's all I'm saying. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. We'll take one more break. We've got some other phone calls to get to on the other side. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. One more thing on that last caller that. There is a double standard sometimes for athletes, and I hear it all the time. It wasn't just this last caller. I hear it all the time. Ryan Braun's injured. Get rid of him. Trade him. He's horrible for the team. You know what? Aaron Rodgers missed seven games in 2013. Man, too bad the Packers didn't trade Rodgers after the 2013 season. They would be so much better without Aaron Rodgers. The Packers would be an amazing team without Aaron Rodgers because he missed seven games in 2013. Give me a break. Doug's in Baraboo. Doug, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Matt. Take a deep breath here now. <laughs> okay. 
say, you know, um, I'm just wondering, well, going back to your original topic, your question, yeah, I'd like to see more pitching. I'm, probably everybody would like to see more pitching by the uh, deadline, the trading deadline. My question is to you, you know, with the pitching decisions that were made today, do you, do you think that the manager and the GM are still on the same page as a fan? I almost get the feeling like, okay, the manager puts the pitching out there today and lets them go as they did, and then you, you know what happened there. And is he, is he like, is Craig like waving a white flag and I need help? When am I going to get some pitching? Or do you think they're both on the same page and they're just going towards the rebuilding? And, and keeping their, their top prospects. Yeah, I think Stearns and Council are right there together. There was a report, there have been some reports recently that maybe there was a little bit of a disconnect between, um, uh, between Stearns and Atanasio. There was a John Heyman report today that actually said Atanasio is just going to kind of defer to Stearns and whatever Stearns wants to do, that's good. I think everybody's pretty copacetic and kumbaya and whatever word you want to use. I don't, I don't think there's an issue. Today was a bad situation because, you know, you you get this Garza injury out of nowhere. Blazik right. has been starting at AAA before he got here. Why not? And it, it just, you know, and then he blew up. And then Willie Peralta comes in and he blows up. You have two pitchers blow up a day after you had to, you had to use a bunch of pitchers at the end of a game. I just think it was a perfect storm. And, and Doug, I, I always respect your opinions, but I, I think you're looking a little bit too deep into it, to be perfectly honest. Okay, well that that's fine. I'll I'll go along with uh, the rebuilding, and I'll go along with they get a picture too. All right, sounds good. Appreciate the phone call at four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That's four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is a really big three games coming up for the Brewers. This is a very very like I'm not I'm not breaking any news when I say that. Uh, Brewers and Cubs for three games when they're within a, a game of each other is huge. By the way, that Cubs-White Sox game, the Cubs lead the White Sox right now 5-2 in the bottom of the sixth. So if that continues on, uh, the Cubs will have a one-and-a-half game lead on the Brewers in the National League Central going into uh, tomorrow's game. After the road trip that the crew just had, this is the time where they need to go in there and make a statement that they're still in this thing. And I think I think guys on the team have to be cognizant of this as well because you've performed so well all season. You want to get support from your front office and go get your team supplemented to be able to make a run down the stretch. But it's a lot easier to make that move if you're David Stearns if the Brewers have a good weekend against the Cubs. If you go have a really bad performance against the Cubs for the next three days, that makes it a little bit tougher. And... You know, Chris Cotillo said it earlier. The stretch between the All-Star game and the trade deadline is one of the most important stretches of the season. And so far, the Brewers have not played well during that period. All right, that's it for uh, Brewers Weekly. We've got Clark Howard on the way next on WTMJ.